Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hello and welcome to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. Me, Joe Forrester and Hannah Eason, of course. Producer Mike with us. The Azuri play poorly but still squeak through while a checkmate leaves the Dutch down in the dumps and the Danes rain down the pain. Yes, that's right. It has been an action-packed start to the knockout stages of the groups. Hannah, remember when I said we'll record on Monday night and don't worry because Croatia, Spain will be rubbish. Yeah, you said nothing's going to really happen. That was good, wasn't it? It'll be boring, is what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Game of the tournament, by far. So, um, yeah, Spain Spain were cruising at 3-1. Croatia came back to 3-3 and went to extra time. And, yeah, and they just... Alvaro Morata decided to become a proper striker and, uh, put, and put one away. And it was an unbelievable game. So an eight-goal thriller. And, uh, and you said that would be boring, Joe. Good. Nice so, nice fine. One. Right, right. Well, Spain are through, so that's that. <laughs> well that's done, Spain. <laughs> Why we're different? Most football podcasts will analyse that game, and we're not going to because we didn't see it. We're not like that. We're not like that. So it's not how we roll. <laughs> Let's talk about the less interesting games that came earlier, and of course, we are going to preview England, uh, which is on tonight. As you're listening, you'll be listening on a Tuesday, hopefully. So England are facing Germany, or you're listening on Wednesday, and we sound like idiots because England are already out. right uh let's start with Denmark so Denmark battered Wales 4-0 I'm delighted I thought Denmark were fabulous um Hannah can they win it I I genuinely think that they have got potential I think with everything that happened with Christian Eriksen it's kind of given them such a drive so much passion um and and they're kind of really pulling together um as a team and it's it's quite beautiful to watch like velvet joe Oh, oh! You loved that, didn't you? Oh. White velvet, yeah. They could be the dark horses of the competition as well. Oh, here we go. They're dark horses again. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, do 
tournament has been entirely dark horses. It is. Everyone's a dark horse in this competition. I said Italy were dark horses. They're not. They're among the favourites. Um, <laughs> Mike, so Denmark, obviously, there's the stuff with Christian Eriksen and, and that's kind of brought them, I suppose, the attention of the world. There's been a lot of talk in the Danish press about how there was a lot of unity among this team anyway. And also, they've just got quite a lot of good players, haven't they? We, we maybe shouldn't be surprised they're going well. Yeah, I think in this country, we've got a bit of an English bias. And if we don't watch players week in, week out, we suddenly think, oh, yeah, they're probably not that good. You know, it's just Denmark, just a, just a Scandinavian country who are, you know, decent. And I think everyone sort of underrated them a bit. But like technically, they've got some great players. Um, Damsgaard, I thought, who plays for um, plays in championship was great. Um, Dolberg was great as well. Not a natural striker, but, um, you know, did really well there. Um, and they've got a tactically astute manager as well, which obviously helps at this level. You don't get it much um, with, you know, PE teachers um, taking the form of managers sometimes in the Euros. Won't name names. We've discussed one here before. Um, but yeah, so, and what, what, what he did, he just, he just said, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm not talking about the third sexiest manager at the Euros at all. Uh, but but yeah, he, he, he set him up well and um, Wales actually started quite well. Um, but what he did, he shifted Chris, um, sorry, Andreas Christensen, who's naturally a centre-back into midfield, sort of man Mark and Ramsey, and it was a bit of a tactical masterstroke. And, yeah, they just absolutely blew them away, and they were fantastic. He kind of played Christensen in front of the back four, didn't he? Is kind of, what would you yeah. call it, maybe... I suppose it's, it's it's quite it's quite in a sort of nineties Italian position, maybe where Franco Baresi might have played. I've not seen him play there before, but that really did change the game. Um, Denmark winning four nil in the end. At the end of the match, Hannah Gareth Bale was asked in a BBC interview, "Will he retire after this tournament?" Yeah, and he walked out. Uh, I understand he did give a more fulsome answer to Welsh <laughs> television channel S Four C. So there you go. Sure, lots of people are watching that. <laughs> yeah. You just got battered 4-0 and there was a lot of expectation. The team's built around him. You know, he's like such a, a, a an amazing player. I think you probably would just walk out of uh, of uh, somebody ask you a question like that. You'd be devastated. He's a professional, you know, he's, he's a... I think that's Can okay. I just say, as the interviewer, though, you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing because there's absolutely no way, as the interviewer, you want to ask a man who's really upset an awkward question he's not going to want to answer. But you've got your producer in your ear going, ask him if he's retiring, ask him <laughs> if he's retiring. I once had to go and do a, a junket interview with Danny Boyle, the director of Slumdog Millionaire and Train Spotting and stuff. And it was the first junket interview I'd ever done. So that's where you basically go and sit in a posh hotel room with a director, an actor, or whatever. and for five minutes go oh, I love the movie what was it like working blah, 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 blah. Um, and you talk like that as well <laughs> yes, is that, is that, that's how professional you are we really got fired from that job <laughs> <laughs> but it was my first ever job and I can tell you I was working for I was working for at the time and it was a vile place to work it's oh, horrible evil blood-sucking place to work where they just wanted to prey on the worst elements of humanity. Hi guys, I'm still available if you do want to. <laughs> but I was told by the producer, ask Danny Boyle about his sex life because he's been sleeping with Rosario Dawson, who was the star of the film I was there to interview him about. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh my doesn't, God. Doesn't feel that appropriate. And they said, either ask him about sleeping with Rosario or don't bother coming back. Wow. So Jeez. that's why was- that's what I was told. That's um, showbiz, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That awful. I, it was my first television gig, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so I I said to him in the interview, 
Oh, Danny, um, obviously, uh, you love working with lots of different actors, but some more than others, because I understand <laughs> Rosario has been getting very close. I don't want to ask him about that. He directed Train Spotting, which I love. Oh. Like, I, don't, I don't want to ask. I don't care who he's sleeping with. I honestly don't care. And it was awful because he went, oh, well, obviously you develop close relationships with actors. And I don't know what that's got to and Justifiably, he was angry because it's got yeah. nothing yeah. to do with the film. And I went back and they were like, oh, it's great. We can use that as a clip. And and that's when I realized I'd sold my soul to the devil. So <laughs> have you ever had any bad interview experiences? Do you know what? That's your, that was your first job, your first presenting job, yeah? yeah? That was my first, so, that was my first job on TV, yeah. One of my, actually my first presenting job live on TV, I, I got a job on a shopping channel and it wasn't classy and the stuff we sold wasn't particularly nice and um, it was the first you know presenters need talkback experience so you need to have an earpiece where you can hear the whole gallery the production team they direct you you've got loads of cameras in the studio and it was really overwhelming the first time because there's like eight people talking in my ear telling me to sell this disgusting handbag and then um, the the presenter said oh you know we've got Hannah East she's a new presenter how are you feeling Hannah and all I could hear was somebody saying, here, I'll do it myself. And somebody going, loving it, nice one. And I looked at him live on TV for the first thing I ever said. How are you feeling, Hannah? And I looked at him and said, you know what, John? I'm absolutely loving myself today. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so. And then at the Christmas party, I won an award for the the worst opening segment for your first ever <laughs> presenting job um yeah I won a fruit hamper it's weird that we we don't get hired anymore isn't it <laughs> it's so uh, strange Mike do you think Gareth Bale is going to be the first footballer to retire from club football but remain an international footballer <laughs> it could happen I mean I think he's a, he could easily become a professional golfer Joe to be honest the yeah, amount of time it. he's the, the amount of time he's put into it he he must be like reaching similar levels to golf as he is football now because he's he's not a great footballer anymore, is, is he? Like he has flashes, you know, bits here and there, but but really he he must be a decent. How does I mean, this, how does you disagree? Yeah, I mean, how can I? I, I think he's a brilliant football player. I mean, he's only what he's what thirty one. Wales all time sort of leading goal scorer. I think he's yeah, brilliant. Uh, I think <laughs> you, you two, you two just hate Gareth Bale. You hate Wales. You've got an issue with him. The third That's is what like it Robert is. Earnshaw, so it's not much like competition, is it? I like yeah. Gareth Bale. I think he's a nice person, <laughs> and he's good at football. That's what counts. I think he's good. He's good. At, do you know what? It doesn't matter if he's a nice person. He's good at football, and yep. that's what counts. That's all that counts. <laughs> Czech Republic are also through. So Denmark are going to play the Czech Republic, uh, beating Holland 2-0, the Netherlands, I should say, 2-0. After Matthias de Ligt was sent off, he's been out in the press today saying, I'm to blame. Mike, is he to blame? I just thought the Czechs were better organised. Yeah, he's sort of to blame. I mean, the game sort of swung on, on that incident, didn't it? But also as well, up the other end, Donny Marlin, Mr. Sitter. Um, yeah. And and that, that could have changed things as well. So... Daniel Merlin has got a bit of an easy ride there. You're, like, you're, your mates just come out and said, it's all my fault when actually if you would have scored, that wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of them things where he was it was an awful mistake. I mean, he's handled the ball. I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. Like, you, mu- you must be, have been in that situation a few times. You, you either just let him go or you try and take him out with a air of your body that's actual legal. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what he was doing, but I thought in general that the, the Dutch were pretty poor, Joe, and... 
I think they flat to deceive in, in the group stages and they've been found out rightly so. But yeah, the Czechs are not that fantastic because you know because even England beat them. So I did, as you said, well organised and but not not much there really. I was watching uh, the game with one of my friends, Jenny, and she doesn't really know what football is at all. And she sat there with a, a glass, extra large glass of rosé, filing her nails. And we're like, oh, handball, handball. And she's like, what does that mean? What does handball mean? So I was like, well, law 12 of the uh, FA, it's an offensive, a player deliberately touches a ball with a hand or their arm, for example, moving the hand or their arm towards the ball and touching it. And she was like, that's so weird, isn't it? Because I thought football was played with your feet and that. I didn't realise to play with your hands. And I was like, oh, Jenny. No, is, Jenny. Is Jenny is Jenny a real person or is this one of your characters? <laughs> My pretend friend. No, Jenny Jenny genuinely doesn't. She's not interested in football at all, but she, she couldn't understand why he was told off because he touched the ball with his hand. She didn't understand. Because in my head, you're you're going, well, actually, I think you're fine, Jenny. It's like, oh, no, but Hannah. No, Jenny, just one minute. And it's just you sitting on the sofa. You know, like in kind of one of those films where somebody's having a breakdown and it kind of cuts back and forth between them talking to themselves. You just created this terrible, psychotic character for <laughs> me, haven't you? No, this Jen, Jenny is a real person. She's not a pretend friend. She's real, but she just doesn't understand football. She thinks you use your hands and your feet. Does Jenny listen to the pod? No, she does. she doesn't. Oh. So but maybe so. maybe if I tell her she gets a shout out when I'm actually mocking her for drinking wine and filing the nails, she might listen. Oh, I like the sound of Jenny. And Jenny, if you are listening, hello, here's your shout out. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, so the checks are through. I'm not sure how far they can go. Patrick Schick, top goal scorer at the moment uh, with four goals. I'm keen to talk about Italy though, Mike, because we have been singing their praises and you put in our WhatsApp group this week that perhaps we should rein back our enthusiasm. Yeah, they were poor, to say the least. I think Austria definitely deserved to win. Um, I thought they were quite unlucky with that VAR call, Joe, don't you, for the, for Arnautovic's goal? Yeah. yeah, I thought he was he was level, but obviously they, they got the lines out and, and they judged him to be slightly off. I don't know. I'll, I'll never quite understand how, how that works. Um because it, like still images, you know, at what point does the, does the ball leave the head from the flick on? Like, is it when it's touching it? Is it when it's released? It's just so, so close. I just think in that scenario, if it is that close, you just give it the advantage. But obviously, you know, let's not make it a VAR chat. But yeah, Austria, I thought were full value. Italy, I think just, they just look really leggy and just really vulnerable at the back. I thought with without Chiellini... Um, they lost their, their sort of talisman in, in defence, and even though they got away with it in the previous game, they just they they, they suffered. And yeah, I thought they were quite lucky to get through. But you know, it's, it's tournament football. As, as long as you get through, that's what that matters really. But they're going to have a tough game now, aren't they, against Belgium? Well, Hannah, one of the things I noticed, as as Mike says, they looked leggy. I did think they looked tired, and they had to play 120 minutes, obviously, mm-hmm. which isn't going to help. I thought Austria gave them a very good run for their money. Ultimately, they needed Federico Chiesa to come on. He scored a brilliant goal, by the way. I think he's looked absolutely fantastic. But the fact that Italy have had to play that 120 minutes, is that going to stand them in poor stead moving forwards? Because obviously, every little marginal gain in tournament football is key. And if you have had to play a little bit of extra football, bringing that tiredness into the next game, are Belgium going to exploit that, do you think? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is. Um, and just going off the back of um, the, we've mentioned before, haven't we, about passion and, and drive. But I think in a tournament like this, there's so much pressure on the players and there's so much expectation. And I think it comes down to how you, you gel as a team, but it definitely comes down to how, as an individual player, you can handle that pressure. Um, and that's why we get so many surprises, because there's just some players that can't handle it at all. Well, I thought that kind of about various people in the Italy team that I thought kind of looked a lot poorer than they have done up until this point. Insignia, for example, Verratti, I didn't feel like they could get their foot on the ball. I thought Austria were unlucky. I thought they had good chances. Like Mike says with the Marco yeah. Arnautovic thing, I'm interested in talking about this because Charlie has messaged in and he said he thinks VAR has been handled better in this tournament than it is in the Premier League. I would be inclined to agree purely on the basis that the delays don't seem to be quite as long. Yeah, and we're um, not getting an extra like six or seven or eight minutes at the end of a, a game, are we? Which kind of makes it more exciting because you, you always have that cut-off point, obviously, don't you, where you, the match finishes and we saw, you know, with the, the Port, Belgium-Portugal, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, how, how much... When you see four or five minutes of extra time, you're like, oh, right, okay, then we get excited again. But I like the idea of only having maybe a minute of extra time rather than having matches where you've got a long duration of extra time personally yeah and I, I Mike I don't know what you think but I kind of I think it's been handled a little bit more swiftly than it is in the Premier League I'm absolutely with you in terms of the the offside thing I mean that's not necessarily a VAR thing that's more to do with the offside rule I very much grew up in an era where if you're level you're onside and the reason I think that's better is because it favors the attacking player so I don't think you should be pulling that stuff back. I think it's, and I know we've had this chat before and it should be for clear and obvious mistakes and it's not that and it's this marginal things. I, I looked at that on Outswitch goal and for me, that looked like a goal. Mm. He and was gutted at the end. Did you see his, his reaction at the end of that match, Arnautovic? Devastated. Yeah, it's, it's a bit hard to feel sorry for him because he is a bit of a racist. But apart from that, <laughs> I thought Austria were excellent. But obviously he was banned for making some fairly unsavoury comments. But apart from that, I thought Austria were excellent and deserved <laughs> and deserved to go through. Shall I just reverse away from that? Do you think? <laughs> beep, beep. But Hannah, Belgium beat Portugal. Yes, obviously this weekend as well. It was it was billed as a heavyweight clash. It was a pretty dire game, particularly in the first half. Second half was a little bit better, but it might be something of a Pyrrhic victory, which refers to the Greek general Pyrrhus. Um, who? Here we uh, go. Here we go again. Buckle up, kids, because it's history time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Pyrrhus was a Greek general who I believe... Oh, my God, we're name. genuinely going there. You're yeah, genuinely we're going doing there. this. Might okay, go. Like, you, you look surprised that we're <laughs> asking... It. Okay, go. Go I'm on, Joe. Not, it's not a football podcast. <laughs> this, this is a Joe's Boring History podcast. So Pyrrhus was a Greek general who uh, fought the Romans when they initially were expanding throughout <sighs> the uh, Italian peninsula. And despite beating the Romans in battle, his forces were so severely depleted that he was actually unable to continue the campaign. Therefore, the term, a term, Therefore, the term, a Pyrrhic victory, means to win, but it costs you so much that ultimately you lose. So what I'm getting at here is that Belgium have lost Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne, but beat Portugal. So while they beat Portugal, it could ultimately mean they lose the tournament, 
boom who likes history kids <laughs> <laughs> i mean that was great but they did they did come on at the end didn't they to celebrate which would indicate that they came on to to pitch at the end didn't they so that would indicate that maybe they're okay so where where yeah. were you going with that? Then I, mean, I wouldn't have had a chance to do my history bit. So <laughs> that didn't fit into my narrative. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, De Bruyne, Lukaku and Hazard, just the three unbelievable players. Um, amazing. I just love watching them play football. So I thought the the goal from Torgan Hazard, people weren't expecting that. You would have thought more of that from from his brother. brother. So I think it was quite nice that he got the, uh, the limelight for that as well. Mike, I have been keen to attack Belgium for their incredibly ancient defence. But I actually thought the three old boys, including, here's one for you, ask your parents, kids, Thomas Vermaelen, who I I can't, I, I remember him being old 15 years ago, but it was such an ancient defence. I actually thought they played very well last night. Yeah, I know. It's, do you want to you wanna, um, get a gander where he's playing now, Joe? Do you, do you know that? Oh, he's, put you on the spot. he's playing in Japan. Yeah, he's playing yeah, in Japan. Is it? It's not Gamba Osaka, is it? It's Co- Kobe. It is. Yeah, yeah, Kobe. I guess Vissel Kobe. I, I, I would have called it, but yeah, you put me off there. You asked me. No, no, you just see, it's just the way you pronounce it. You pronounce it like the basketball player. I've I've never heard it called Kobe before, but fair play. Well, Kobe, Kobe, where the beef comes from? I'm, I don't, unless I've been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. Yeah, I, I guess. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Vermarlin. Google search it. No, it is. It is Vissel Kobe or Kobe. Yeah, Vissel Kobe. Yeah, Vissel Kobe. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. As in, as in, I ordered the Kobe beef like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> he, knows, oh, he, <laughs> you he put me on the spot and then he got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in a pub talking to some drunk friends. <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, drop a, drop a Google on it. I don't know. Google it. Yeah, wait a minute. That's what's yeah. going on right now. It is a bit one flew over the cuckoo's nest, this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> rambling onto each other. Uh, but yeah, very much. Very much retired. That or... we're rambling onto each other or that he's retired. <laughs> He's very, very, he's very much retired. <laughs> oh, this is going on Instagram. Um, oh one thing that I did enjoy about the Belgium game, Hannah, and I've been enjoying this for sort of fifteen years. And it makes I, me, it, it makes me nervous when you address me as Hannah. I feel uh, like I don't know what's coming next. Excuse me, Hannah. I'm trying to podcast. Trying to be professional. Um, I just pinched my own nipples. Then um, I, I really. Uh, so did I. I. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucky this is a live stream. When, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, when Pepe essentially assaulted Torgan Hazard, oh. I've been I've been enjoying him punching and elbowing and kicking people and then denying it for fifteen years. I love <sighs> a horrible, horrible cheat in football. And he's 38 years old now, so it's probably the last one we're going to see him at. Mm-hmm. And I think there's with few... amazing eyebrows, with amazing, amazing eyebrows. eyebrows. And I think with the current sort of snowflake generation that we live in, oh no, <sighs> nobody likes to see vicious assaults. And look, we all like to see that. And yeah. I think Pepe will be missed if it's the last tournament we see him at, Hannah. 
I, well, I think he probably will. He's obviously a lot of experience, but um, a lot of aggression and passion. I think there's a fine line between aggression and passion. Uh, and he's got the package. And like I say, it's it's the, it's the eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, he's got the package. Very yeah. nice package. And, and really good eyebrows. So... Yeah. <laughs> I'd marry him tomorrow. You like a bit. You like a bit of brutality on the football pitch, don't you? Yeah, I was going to ask you, Joe. Did you enjoy when um, Sergio Ramos did Salah in the Champions League final? So Sergio Ramos is one of my favourite players of all time. Sergio Ramos is the most red carded player in the history of football, and he plays in a league where you are statistically half as likely to receive a red card. So you can double the amount of red cards he's received. As of 2020, I don't know what the stat is now, because I remember doing this on a podcast about a year ago. He had received 250 yellow cards. (laughs) So he must have, I worked out that he must have missed about four seasons worth of football by being banned <laughs> he's and he's he's a thug and i love that because he's a thug who's won everything in that Absolutely. first five minutes of the champions league final a few years ago where he dislocated Mo Salah's collarbone i know he wasn't trying to dislocate his collarbone or anything but he was essentially maybe told, he was maybe he yeah. was that was the intention he was basically told by zidane you know salah he's good sergio you know what to do and he's there kind of clawing at the ground like a bull and just went out and maimed him <laughs> in the opening few minutes and I for one love that sort of footballer and I think it's sad that they're they're a dying breed but Hannah it could be the end for Cristiano although I sort of don't want to say that because the World Cup's only in 18 months no, I know, and I felt a bit gutted for him actually, because you know, it levelled on the uh, the the goals, and I, I thought it would be great for him to maybe get a couple more, make history a little bit more, and I, you know, I, I felt really sorry for him. Um, he was obviously very frustrated, clearly, but I, I hope he doesn't. Um, I hope he comes back, and and that's not it for him. Yeah, I sort of don't. I kind of <laughs> you got your hand up, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to interject about this record because I, I had a look at, um, at Ali Day's international goals. It is an yeah. absolute farce. Like Why? most of the time, they played like the Maldives, and Iran would win like seventeen nil, and Ali Day would score like five goals, and that's being counted up against Ronaldo's played in like World Cups and European kidding? Championships. It's like unbelievable. So I think that the fact that he's even, you know. Yeah. Like, going to have to wait now to, to break that record is a joke. Mike, do you think he will play at the next World Cup and he will break it? Absolutely. I yeah. think he's, he's the sort of player that will play until he's about 42. I just think he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's conditioned. About 42. <laughs> yeah, about 42. 42 in three months, I think, actually. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> but he's just, he, he's just a monster. Hasn't is he, is he got, like, like, 1% body fat or something like that? That is oh no, I think you die. Com- <laughs> that, that is completely. That is that is factually correct. I'll have you know. He has As zero a, body fat, actually. But yeah, he's just he's, he's essentially a, a football robot. So I think he'll just go on playing forever. I mean, I don't think he'll be very good at that age. And he is sort of wilting away now a little bit. Like he's not been as, as good as he has been. Well, he but. will be if he's got no body fat. <laughs> he will be wilting. <laughs> I think I think he still looks great. He doesn't look tired to me. He plays like a thirty-year-old. I mean, what do you think he'll do post football? What would he do? I mean, it's been his whole life, obviously. Do you, do you think could you see him going into coaching or management? What do you think he would do? Mm, serial killer. He's quite. I mean, he's quite an intense character, isn't he? Can I just say, in the interest of sort of libel, I'm not saying Cristiano Ronaldo is a serial killer. That was a joke, Cristiano. <laughs> I like you, and I'm appreciative of your career, and I'm very sorry, and it won't happen again. There we go. Feel better now, Hannah. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel safer. Um, we've been a bit scattergun in our approach to uh, facts in this episode. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I have actually got some facts for you guys because it's time for Eric Dyer's Vegetable Patch. Today on Eric Dyer's Vegetable Patch, Mike, you're going to like this. It's Andre Arshavin. Remember him? Yeah, I'm holding up four fingers right now. You can't see, but... Yeah, he scored four goals in that game against Liverpool. I can't remember him doing anything else ever. He was quite a good that no, match. it doesn't matter. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was very silky. He had a really weird haircut, which I didn't like. But apart from that, he was a decent old footballer, yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Silky Mike, because actually, he has another life as a fashion designer. Yes. Ah, so studied- seamless. <laughs> He studied fashion design at university and apparently designs clothes himself. He has first-hand knowledge of fashion design, so now owns his own clothing line where he designs the clothes. Apparently, initially, he wanted to be a chemical technologist. No, that can't be right. Initially... (laughs) We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you some real facts on the podcast today. Hold on, that's not right. That's not even a fact. Oh, you're getting hot under the collar there, Joe. Also, I just misread the words. So initially, you didn't get that he, one. He enrolled to study chemical technology at university, but apparently changed his field of interest when he realised how many hot chicks did fashion design. So if that doesn't sound like a fact, I don't know what does. We're bringing you real factual stuff for the Euros here. <laughs> oh, even even for this podcast, this has been total rubbish. <laughs> it's been absolute nonsense from start to finish. Right, okay, that's Eric Dye's vegetable patch. Obviously, the big game on Tuesday, England-Germany. Hannah, what does your gut tell you? Well, I said it in the last podcast. Um, I... I'm hesitant to say this is going to be easy. I think Germany is going to surprise a lot of people, a lot of people being England. I'm not saying they're going to thrash us, um, but I'm I'm thinking Germany is going to come out all guns blazing and I just don't want to underestimate them as a team. Um, I'm very excited to watch England. I've told everyone they can finish work a little bit earlier tomorrow. We're going to get beers and, and pizza in and get excited, but I just have a feeling Germany are, are going to pip us. I've said it. Oh, I'm so. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've said it. Incorrect. So prove me wrong. Like prove to, me wrong. Would you like to tell us why England are going to win? I think Germany are rubbish, and England will win by a bigger margin. Brilliant. So so go. British. So British, aren't we? Let's talk about that formation, though, Hannah. Do we think there's a lot of chat that Phil Foden's going to be dropped and Bakayo Saka? Might be starting, obviously. Which Mike Mike would definitely like to see, I think. Love. Yes, he'd absolutely love it. Bakai Saka playing with Sterling and Kane and then a midfield three of Mount, Henderson and Rice. Does that Mm -hmm. do it for you? Does that warm your cockles? It always does warm my cockles, Joe. Um, As long as Harry Kane stays where he should be staying. He's going to keep banging his drum. (laughs) I'm still going to keep banging the drum. I want him to be fed. I want them to feed the ball. And you need to feed Kane. He's still not scored, Hannah. Yeah, that's because we're not feeding the ball to him. And he's going too far, too far from, from the goal, in my opinion. He needs, he needs to be forward. And we need he- to get Gareth on the show, honestly. And Hannah needs to tell him this before tomorrow's game. 
Yeah, and only, I would only have him on the podcast if he's wearing a sexy waistcoat. Do you know what I mean? Mike, you're a professional radio and podcast producer. You must have his contact Am details I? somewhere. Did I just say that Ronaldo had 1% body fat? <laughs> oh, look, you might want to rain check that. Look, today is not an episode that we would perhaps attach to any job application because you've not covered yourself in glory. But <laughs> I've seen you do good work, I'm sure. Many, many years ago. <laughs> No, but I think you're. I think I think Saka has to play. I've, I'm I'm not sure where Joe has seen it, but I've actually read that that Saka was gonna was gonna be dropped and Foden was was gonna come back in and Mount was in contention, even though he's been isolating for ten days and not been able to train with the team. I, I'm not sure about that. He loves Mason Mount, though, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But surely, if he's not like trained with the team, he's not trained with Gareth and. Like he'll be able to train tomorrow morning, I guess. If if they're going to do a big training session, I'm not sure if they do that for a game. But um, yeah, I mean, Mason Mount, like teacher's pet. Even if he was you know, a very very naughty boy, I think he'd still play. He just can do nothing wrong. And would you see that as an issue um, for players that have had to isolate and not play and and train with their team for for say ten days? I mean, international level, they're probably used to that anyway, aren't they? Do you think that that's a hindrance? Yeah, I think so because. There's a lot of tactical setup going into that game. If if we're giving Gareth credit for for that sort of stuff, I don't know what he does in his in, in his time on the hey, pitch. Don't but, um, don't start slagging Gareth off. No, I'm not. I'm not. You too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But yeah, you painting me off. No, no, no. I'm just I'm just joking. I think it's just quite funny to to imagine him as a PE teacher. That's all. It's not it's not actual serious serious accusation. He's not like Tim Sherwood, Joe, is he? Like he's a bit a bit more professional, slightly. I loved Tim, mate. I loved Tim. Do you know what? Just It was party football down White Hart Lane when Tim was there. Also, actually, if you are a Tottenham fan, looks like Nuno's gone to Fenerbahce. So that's, a, that's another one. <laughs> that's another Tim one. Off the list. Oh, Joe, why did you bring that up? So that's, that's Gennaro Gattuso, Lopetegui, Conte, Poch. Anyone else I'm missing? Paolo Fonseca. Yeah. And you're also missing, uh, I can't remember, his, what's his name? The Barcelona Graham manager. Graham Potter. Um, from a few, no, not him. The Barcelona manager from a few years ago, whose name temporarily escapes me. We're bringing you and, real facts tonight on this podcast. And, <laughs> and Nuno. So that's seven coaches that Tottenham have approached, and it's been a no. I'm and sorry, the, the question I'm going to ask you is, why do you think that is? Because Daniel Levy's a pain, and because it's obviously a club in freefall. There's no people don't know whether the best player is going to be there next season, whether the second best player being yeah. Son is going to be there next season. And it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's completely shambolic. Daniel Levy said he wants a player who, he wants a manager who identifies with the DNA of Spurs, i.e. playing attacking football, yeah. and then approach Nuno, who famously plays defensive football. It's, it's a total... It was a no-no from Nuno. <laughs> yes, it, yes it, it, it was, yeah. Oh, dear. I think, but also, just, I think just seeing so many managers turn it down, Joe, as well. Surely you're like, you know, f- six, seven good managers have said no. Why would you suddenly be like, oh, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to go there now. How, how does that make you feel, Joe, about the team that you really love, that it's nobody wants thing, to like, manage them? Mike's entitled to his opinion. Look, Mike, I, I bet let you go because you want to go and watch Love Island, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> what is Love Island, by the way? I don't know if they have it in America. So, Mike, what is Love Island just for people in the States? Um, Love Island is a show where um, 20 sexy people go um, onto an island and they match up with each other. And the goal is to be as fake as possible, essentially, to 
to to win people over, get votes, and uh, be declared winner of Love Island, which gets you quite a lot of money actually, um, and a massive Instagram following, and even more money from that. That's what it is. And more importantly, it'll get you a sh- it'll get you a short lived career in broadcasting, in which you will <laughs> inevitably end up on a show with me and Hannah. At some point. <laughs> which which is a- oh, I choose not to. <laughs> I was going to say that's when that's when you know the uh, brief flame of fame and popularity is burning out when cause you very much I'd say you meet us on the way down, <laughs> rock bottom. Have you have you interviewed any Love Islanders, Joe? Loads, mate. They they're always putting yeah. them on shows with me. Loads. I also had to media train a couple of them because in a former life I used to be a media trainer because <laughs> I'd been fired from a TV job and I got given. Nathan and Cara, are they? Oh, I, I quite like Nathan and Cara. Well, I'll put you in touch, mate, because they're not working, are they? So I'm sure we can get them on the show, mate. <laughs> For no fee. Literally no fee. I don't know what's going on. Total shambles. <laughs> right, okay, just to remind you, on Monday night, Croatia are out, Spain are through, 5-3 winners after extra time. We, we're recording during the France-Switzerland game, so I'll probably just ignore that. England facing Germany on Tuesday 29th and Sweden facing Ukraine as well. Quarterfinals that we know about so far, Belgium are going to play Italy, Czech Republic are going to play Denmark. We'll be back on Thursday with more facts hot off the press. And it's just time to say, make sure you do send us your pictures for the Rosehead fans calendar. It's Rosehead Pod on Instagram or Rosehead Soccer on Twitter. Hannah, have you had a nice time? I've had a lovely time. I don't know what's happened for the last half hour, but I, I hope people have enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Mike, you gonna, should we all go away and have a think about what we've done? <laughs> going to go sit in a dark corner now. Watch Love Island. That'll cheer you up, Mike. Right, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.